This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. This is the Blue Man Group. Everybody, my name is Ron Ecstasy, and this is Blue Men Group, and I am joined by my co-hosts, Devin Welsh and John Bedrin. What is up? Ahoy, wow. Ahoy, ahoy, ahoy. Thank you for having us. We're so excited. Yeah. All, of, all three of us are in great moods. All three. All three. Yes. In, yeah. Nobody here is in a bad mood. Yeah. Uh, no one's complaining about editing or... Nope. nope none of not, that. Not at which all. Which makes for one hell of a podcast and and guess mm-hmm. what uh you two hosts co-hosts <laughs> what uh, we've got edge. one hell of a podcast coming up filled nice. with all sorts of news from all over the globe we've got yes. great guests tonight we have uh the lovely house band max weinberg and the max weinberg seven <laughs> yes yeah, they're here. Yeah, they are here. Okay, but uh, before we delve into the news, I think we should take a look backwards into history for a segment that I like to call This Week in History. December 16th, 1773. The Boston Tea Party takes place more than a year before the Revolutionary War breaks out. American colonists board a British ship to protest tea taxes and dump hundreds of chests of tea overboard. Oh, no. Now, so here's what I don't get. They were mad about the tea, but they had a tea party. Right. Yeah. Help me, help me see it. Help me make sense of this. It's, yeah, yeah, it sounds like they were drinking a lot of tea all together, having a really good time. But and actually, then taking dumps over the side of the boat because they were so caffeinated that they had to dump. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. They couldn't hold back any longer. But they, uh, they, they dumped the tea into the water. In actual fact, they, they, they destroyed all of that tea. And we don't really know why, do we? No. Well, I always thought that they, didn't necessarily, they didn't necessarily destroy the tea. They just made... Harbor tea by (laughs) dumping it into the water. It kind of steeped for a while. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Listen, I'm aware that the water wasn't a hundred plus degrees Fahrenheit, but uh, they made cold brew. Cold brew. Thank you. All of the Boston uh, townsfolk gathered around the harbor and dipped their little mugs into the water, and they had this (laughs) cold brew tea, very caffeinated. Yeah. Got everyone really riled up, and once they were caffeinated, they decided to say, "Hey, f you to." The monarchy and so to true. basically say we're going to do our own thing, and that yeah. was also the found founding of the country, but also the founding of Dunkin' Donuts. Mm. Absolutely, a, a, f- a famous Boston uh, tea and coffee house, mm-hmm. uh, also known for their donuts. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, but uh, but also the, for inventing cold uh, brew. But back then it was tea because they didn't harbor, have coffee. Yet. Harbor, they brew. hadn't figured it out yet. Harbor brew, we call harbor it. brew. They called it. 
But the one weird thing that I wanted to address here is that the uh, the, the voiceover doesn't mention it on this uh, AP Today in History, but the images suggest uh, that the Boston uh, rebels, the, the Tea Partiers, dressed up as indigenous warriors of some kind. Oh, yeah. They were Ooh. wearing costumes. They were not wearing their regular not clothes. Not a good there. look. Yeah, so they were dressed up. Uh, why, why did they do that? Devin uh, well, is spilling the tea. Yeah, <laughs> because it was a tea party. Fathers. What the hell are you supposed to wear to a tea party? But um, I mean, those guys were always wearing costumes. Weird. Like every day, they had like powdered wigs and ruffled shirts and mm-hmm. tricorn hats. That's I mean, true. none yeah. of them dressed like a regular guy. No, that's true. So might as well switch it up, dress like the other people yeah. that are hanging around that aren't <laughs> dressed like you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They woke up that- in the morning and they f- they flipped through their closet outfits and they thought, hmm, do I want to be old timey guy? Do I want to be indigenous person? Do I want to be? So they switched. They switched. Do I want to be predator? The indigenous tribes, uh, they actually wore the tricorn hats and the powdered wigs only on that day. Uh, yeah. To- just for fun, backwards mm-hmm. day, and it so happened that that was the day they did the party. Right. Oh, it was backwards day. Nobody explained is, that it was backwards day on which is the why Boston po- Tea Party Day. Exactly, which is why they poured the tea into the water instead of water into their tea. That's that's actually correct. It seems like we've speaking. cracked the case. <laughs> yeah, we've cracked this case. This I love historical. how goddamn good we are at figuring out history. That is true. We are extremely good at, at that. And yeah, so they say that the uh, there was so much tea dropped into that harbor that you could still dip your uh, cup into that into the harbor and taste a little bit of tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mean today? A, yeah, today. And, wow. and um, that's so much tea. That is a lot of tea, and that's why there was so much caffeine. Like you said, they're dumping over the boats, and then everybody's wearing different things, and every it's opposite day down at the harbor. There's a lot of a lot of things, weird things happening. Times used to be day. so much more crazy. Yeah, it was it was definitely fun. It was fun to be there. It was, it was like a little uh, a circus, so to yeah. speak. But uh, yeah, that was the uh, Boston Tea Party. Which, as we just uh, mentioned, is still uh, in the water in over in Boston, which mm-hmm. uh, is part of the reason everyone there is so racist. So let's move along nice. um, into the news for a segment that I call, we call, What's in the News? in the news yeah what have we got what have we got this week all right well we've got some news coming from well i've got a headline right here from the associated press our partners over there at the associated press uh we got a headline here dozens of camels barred from saudi beauty contest over botox now (laughs) john (laughs) i know what you're gonna say no you do know what i'm gonna say (laughs) this headline immediately makes me think that this is like a a shelved don rickles bit (laughs) i know they called they call uh people from saudi beauty contest camels which i think is a bit racist and uh unfair Boston Tea Party type shtick. Exactly. This is a Boston themed show sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. But uh, this this uh, headline and story, Dateline and uh, Dubai, the United Arab Emirates, 
Saudi authorities have conducted their biggest ever crackdown on camel beauty contestants that received Botox injections and other artificial touch-ups, the state-run Saudi press agency reported Wednesday, with over 40 camels disqualified from the annual pageant. I love their biggest ever crackdown on camel beauty contests. Yeah, some of them were... 39 finally last there was year. sort of slaps on the wrist there was sort of like you know you know you thumb your nose at the law you scoff law the yeah. camel beauty contest coach mm-hmm. or you know whatever and yeah. then yeah referee and then finally it's like all right we've had enough fun you guys it's time to get serious yeah well if you want camel beauty contests to you know have the respect that they deserve on the international stage mm-hmm. you guys have to stop cheating yeah, and that's just one hump of the story, John. Um, <laughs> Saudi Arabia's popular king, Abdulaziz Camel Festival, or sorry, Saudi Arabia's popular king, Abdulaziz Camel Festival. Not, it's not. I was gonna. I thought that king had something to say about this, but I, it doesn't. He might later in the story. Uh, which kicked off earlier this month invites the breeders of the most beautiful camels to compete for some sixty-six million dollars in prize money. Botox injections, facelifts, and other cosmetic alterations to make the camels more attractive are strictly prohibited. (laughs) Jurors decide the winner based on the shape of the camel's heads, necks, humps, dress, and postures. I think UAE has too much money. Yeah, I think we're we're, we're talking big, big money here. So we can understand that although such alterations are prohibited, you know, you want to do everything you can to make sure your camel is looking its best. <laughs> That's true. I mean, you know, it's part of the the, the nature of competition. Mm-hmm. What gives you an edge? You know, yeah. Is mascara banned? Uh, yeah. Sh- what can you be. get away with? So, uh, sorry guys, I got a bit uh, sidetracked here. I was just checking my email, the Blue Men Group email address that we kind of don't know what it is. Uh-huh. Um, we were all invited to be judges. Uh, in oh, this competition, but, oh. but I missed. Damn. Okay. Well, yeah. next next year. Next year, we'll we'll uh, we'll be on the um, the panel. So, judges at the month long festival in the desert northeast of the Saudi capital Riyadh are escalating their clampdown on artificially enhanced camels. Mm-hmm. The official news agency reported using quote specialized and advanced technology to detect tampering. They're buying the uh, the referee's glasses. <laughs> yeah, what yeah, is the technology? The technology is just looking pretty closely at the faces <laughs> of the camels. Looking the gift camels in the mouth. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's a uh, magnifying glass. So uh, <laughs> this year, authorities discovered dozens of breeders had stretched out the lips and noses of camels using hormones. Is that attractive? I think so. <laughs> Stretching out the lips and noses of camels? Um, they used hormones to boost the beast's muscles, injected nice. camels' heads and lips with Botox to make them bigger, inflated body parts with rubber bands, and used fillers to relax their faces. They bimbified the camels. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So, They've yassified uh, yeah. these camels. <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, Listen, the the um the the organization um who the SPA I don't know what it stands for uh is keen to halt the acts of tampering and deception in the beautification of camels. 
um, adding that organizers would impose strict penalties on manipulators. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I prefer a camel to have that natural look, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Just rolled out of bed camel look. Mm. You know, I no mean, makeup, just sort of maybe a light amount of foundation, but not too oh. much, not going crazy, you know? Of course. Of course, that's the ideal, you know? I mean, I think there is an objective camel beauty standard, but, you know, it's not always... Not every camel is born with such, you know, good looks. And right. there's a lot of money at stake here. So, you know, you, you kind of have to do what you can, I think. Yeah. yeah. And I also... Once I again, also, $66 million is yeah. on the line here. And we, and we do know that, like, uh, mainstream popular culture has kind of uh, changed the way in which we perceive natural beauty among camels. Mm, true. Uh, I'm looking at you, Disney, and many of the uh, <laughs> uh, animated features that are kind of uh cartooning these beautiful beasts now that's such a good point yeah now when we see them irl that means in real life uh they you know we're we're expecting to see a camel from 1992's aladdin or uh other animated features yeah they draw those camels with huge noses and lips big old humps super curvy yeah massive humps yeah, I know. We need to we need to get back to, you know, what's natural. What what God hath given these camels rather mm. than what uh, what humanity decides is best, I think. So yeah. true. So, the Camel Beauty Contest is at the heart of the massive carnival, uh, which also features camel races, sales, and other festivities typically showcasing thousands of dromedaries. The extravaganza seeks to preserve the camel's role in the kingdom's Bedouin tradition and heritage, even as the oil-rich country plows ahead with modernizing mega-projects. So, again, that that seems like, you know, they're trying to be like, yeah, this is a classic camel thing. And then they're like, but we need to modernize our mega-projects. And then they point to the camel and start modernizing it with uh, surgeries and, and, and things like this. Yeah. Yeah. In order to recapture tradition, sometimes uh, the most uh, extreme, you know, radical technologies are employed, which is very ironic, I feel. So uh, camel breeding is a multi-million dollar industry, as I know very well, a little hobby of mine. And uh, similar events are taking place across the region. So we will be keeping an eye out uh, for... The largest humps we've ever seen, big lips, and uh, very muscular dromedaries. Dromedaries. Uh, Hopefully we can also find a nice pure uh, dromedary beauty contest. Whatever across the region, there's got to be one where they, like, you know, adhere to these strict standards. Yeah, some really, like, mangy camels who are, like, (laughs) kind of, uh, you know, not looking the best. But, hey, that's what they used to look like back in the day when... uh, when your mom and dad uh, went to these kinds of competitions. Right. So that's a uh, report that we have on the camel beat over here on my, yeah. uh, uh, the camel desk. Ron, I'm let me help you down from that, from that uh, saddle. Yeah. Thank you. Get down from that camel. Thank, thank you. The camel there is now go. inverting its front legs and putting them onto the ground, allowing me to hop off. Uh, and now <laughs> it's putting its nose under the tent. Yeah. And now I'm handing over the uh, news microphone to my co-host and partner, Devin, looks like you have a story for us. What's going That's on over right. there? I've got a story from the Hollywood desk, which the is Aston very, Martin desk. 
the Aston Martin desk, uh, the Hollywood desk sponsored by Aston Martin. Uh, I've got a story that will shock you, that will threaten to overturn everything you thought you knew about what? Hollywood and about really the world. I'm prepared Uh-oh. to be shocked. Yeah. From insider.com. So this is an inside scoop. <laughs> the longtime producer of the James Bond franchise says the next 007 will be a British man. What? Whoa. Crazy. Say that again. Say that again. Hold on. Say, yeah. Say that again. Let me make sure I got this right. So Rewind. What, what we're saying here is that the next actor playing James Bond will be a British man. Oh, my bum, God. Bum, bum, For, dare I say, the first time ever? <laughs> yeah, well... Can you unpack yeah. this for us, Dev? I, I, I'm, the, I'm having a tough time following. And the rest <laughs> of the headline, uh, slightly more dour, I don't think a woman should play James Bond. Um, <laughs> is, that the, is that from Insider.com's <laughs> opinion, or is that that's who's Insider, saying that? I think that's Devin's I opinion. Yeah. Barbara Broccoli uh, oh. is saying this. So Producer Barbara, of the franchise, Barbara, Barbara Broccoli. Broccoli. Yes. Um, the uh, wife, the widow of I knew, uh, yeah. Albert Broccoli? I knew her cousin. <laughs> I knew her cousin uh, Jennifer Cauliflower. Nice. I don't think a woman should play James Bond. She told the Hollywood Reporter, "It's very port- important to me that we make movies for women about women." She added, "Okay." Mm. So, so the story goes on to say that it opens with producer Barbara Broccoli, the longtime overseer of the James Bond franchise, still doesn't know who is going to fill Daniel Craig's shoes following his exit as 007 in this year's so, No Time to Die. So he, so he left l- the studio without shoes. Exactly. <laughs> and, and they keep the James Bond shoes at the studio, and whoever yeah. puts those on becomes James Bond. So it, Cinderella. I had no idea that the, the, the whole Cinderella story was about the shoes. Yeah, so, it's sort of, yeah, I mean, this is a classic Hollywood tradition, like Cinderella mm-hmm. or The Wizard of Oz, James Bond. It's about magic shoes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Madam Broccoli doesn't know who the next James Bond will be, but she does know the next Bond will be British and a man. Hmm. I think it will be a man because I don't think a woman should play James Bond, she told The Hollywood Reporter. I believe in making characters for women and not just having women play men's roles. Hmm. I don't think there are enough... There are enough great roles for women, she continued, and it's very important to me that we make movies for women about women. Well, yeah. Barbara Broccoli, I have an idea that could solve both of these problems. Make James Bond a woman, and then you have a role for a woman Yeah, that is a woman. Jane, Jane Bond. Jane, Jane Bond. Jane James Bond. Bond. <laughs> yeah, Broccoli. I like that. She says, I don't think there are enough great roles for women, and then... And I'm again, not going to make this one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, and guess what? We're not going to do it. <laughs> Broccoli also took a firm stance about what kind of man the next Bond will be. She said he should be British, so British can be any ethnicity or race in brackets, it says. Um, so she didn't say ethnicity or race. I don't know what she said. Right. That's editorializing. After, They're putting after, words in her mouth. After five films as 007, Craig is walking away, shoeless, from the franchise <laughs> with No Time to Die marking his final movie. Many reviews, including insiders, called it arguably the best Bond exit ever. Without presumably they're, they're not referring shoes. to yeah, no shoes, no socks, bare mm-hmm. feet, crunching along the ground, London, dirty streets. His feet are getting <laughs> disgustingly dirty. Yeah, stepping on broken glass, old curry. Yeah. Um, there has been speculation for years of who would take the actor's place, but not until now has Broccoli shared what the future may hold. People always ask, oh, who's the next James Bond? It's like asking a bride as she's going up to the altar. Who, who's her next husband going to be? She told The mm. Hollywood Reporter. 
I don't really want to think about who's going to be the next person until I absolutely have to. Well, it's her job. She 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 should think about it at it's least. Probably like, her a only bit. job, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Just think about who the next Bond will be, and then the the team and will then take make care it of happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For now, however, Broccoli told THR that she wants Craig to take a victory lap. Shoeless. She she wants to make yeah. his feet even more raw. Ugh. Take a victory lap, extra steps. I want to mm-hmm. let this film play and really celebrate Daniel's incredible achievement that he has done over sixteen years. She told the trade. So that's a bombshell of a scoop. Um, yeah. Barbara Broccoli doesn't know who Bond will be, but she wants it to be a British man, and um, that is going to be a revolution. All right. Well, I think uh, there's some names spinning around this office, this studio of British men uh, who could potentially play James Bond as as along the, the lines of, that uh, Madam Broccoli has uh, laid out. Uh mm-hmm. I've heard through some very uh, trusted sources that Prince Charles is going to be the next James Bond. <laughs> and uh, wait a second, Prince Charles? Uh, is he British yeah. or is he Charles? German? Oh yeah, that's right. He might not qualify. Yeah, true. As a royal, he's kind of uh, outside of Britishness. Oh no, I'm sorry. He was born in Buckingham Palace, so he is the most British, most British he could be. ever. Yeah, I was also thinking Boris Johnson could be a good Bond. Ah, Bojo, I was thinking, nice. I was thinking Ricky Gervais. Oh, oh Ricky yeah. Gervais. Now you we're know? just we're mm-hmm. just naming British guys. I like this game. This is yeah. fun. Uh, well, I, I thought you know the new James Bond could be sort of like a workplace comedy. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. yeah. He's like he's sort of the manager of like a, a middling. Comedy. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, sort of like, like all about how James Bond is like really cool, but like. No one else thinks he's cool, and he's sort of underappreciated. Yeah, and, it, and he's and also it, really funny. And it takes place in an office. Yeah, and they call it's it just, the. Yeah, office. I mean, I guess you could say MI six. They have offices there, so yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just all in MI six. He never goes out. Nothing happens. Yeah. It's like it's like a <laughs> well, go- Q. What's going on these days? And then it's like, oh, James, there's really nothing happening. We yeah. just need you to fill out some paperwork at the office. Actually, James, we there has been a rumor about downsizing. And uh, James James Bond <laughs> is still sort of like prove that he's like a good manager or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's an a episode lot where to... they go do trivia. You know, I, this is just an idea I've been kicking around. I do have a spec script. If anyone's interested, um, I can email it to you. Yeah, please. Um, that would be great to see. Just email to the uh, Blue Man Group email address, whatever you, that is. I like that this article that. has a picture of Daniel Craig being spooned on the red carpet by Barbara Broccoli. Have you seen this? And this is just sort of says to me that maybe Barbara Broccoli is a little biased. Mm-hmm. Maybe Barbara Broccoli just has like a crush on like classically dashing, handsome British men. Spies. Spies. And is sort of like, you know, psychosexually like limiting the role to one that she would like to see. Yeah. I th- yeah. I just thought of another British guy that could be perfect. Absolutely perfect for James Bond. Okay. Bear with me. Bear with me. Mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan. Ooh, oh yeah, that would be fun. Wouldn't that be great? That's a great idea. That would I be a great one. It. I He's can picture it. I can picture in my mind. He really does seem the type, you know. He would be absolutely perfect for this role. He's an absolute natural. I could, I, <laughs> I feel like I've seen him kind of do something similar to James mm-hmm. Bond. Yeah, the uh, Matador, where he the, played a spy in the '90s. So yeah, thank you very much, Devin, for the uh, that secret report coming out of the 007 desk. Uh, You've uh, Devin's now taking a silencer off a pistol, which is kind of concerning, concerning, I guess. But 
but I want them to hear it when I shoot you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you, Devin, for that uh, British report. Uh, John, I see yeah. you ruffling your papers. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm over here at the uh, 14th century literature desk. Um, everyone's the worst, favorite. The worst desk. <laughs> <laughs> this one really does not get a lot of use. Um, but I have an article here from The Guardian. Mm. Robot artist to perform AI-generated poetry in response to Dante. Ada... D- use Dante. data bank of words and speech pattern analysis to produce and perform a work that is reactive and an interpretation of the divine comedy. Hmm. The, cl- the clap back to Dante we never knew we needed. Yeah. yeah. Not only are we having a... Ada is wearing a woman's wig. Um, so this is a female humanoid robot. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of like a stand-up to uh, the 14th century patriarchy. Mm. Uh, but also a human hierarchy that is now being shifted. Mm. So, you know, times are really changing. Uh, an exhibition marking the 700th anniversary of Dante's death will be showcasing the work of a more modern devotee, Ada the Robot, which will make history by becoming the first robot to publicly perform poetry written by its AI algorithms. Wow, it's been 700 years already. I know, it feels like just yesterday. The ultra-realistic Ada, which is spelled A-I-D-A, uh, which is a pun on the name Ada, or Aida, was devised in Oxford by Aidan Meller, or maybe it's just a mark of the maker, Aidan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And named after computing pioneer Ada Lovelace, not to c- be confused with popular porn actress Linda Lovelace. Yeah. <laughs> was given the whole of Dante's epic three-part narrative poem, The Divine Comedy, to read in an English translation. She then used her algorithms, drawing on her data bank of words and speech pattern analysis to produce her own reactive work to Dante's. Why didn't they just use Google Translate and put the original Italian? Also... I want to point out that Aiden Mil- Aiden Meller, the the person that created Ada, claims that it was named after computing pioneer Ada Lovelace, but in fact, the name more closely resembles his own. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very good. He point. just dropped the N from his name, and that's the name of the 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 robot. Um, yeah, yeah. Also, I just want to mention the uh, uh, Dante's The Divine Comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. Not that funny. Not the not the funniest <laughs> of poems. It's yeah, actually very it, unfunny. Yeah, it could stand to be punched up a little bit. Yeah. that's for sure. Maybe we could get Ricky Gervais to sort of readapt it mm. and mm. make it a comedy set in an office. <laughs> yeah, and, and we'll call it The Office. Uh, yeah. Um, while Ada is not the first AI to have been taught to write poetry, hold up. What is this story then? <laughs> <laughs> first yes. to write AI-generated poetry, but however, it's not the first. Uh, mm-hmm. Organizer said Friday that Ada would would be the first time an AI robot has written and performed poetry as a human poet would do, which is to say, nervously drinking uh, a bunch of wine before getting up in front of a crowd, and then everyone's very quietly mm-hmm. listening but not really paying attention. Yeah, yeah. as they recite their poems. Um, so, and we have an excerpt here. It looks like. Uh, yeah. Oh, I can't Ada. wait. Yeah. So this is going to be a world exclusive, new poetry dropped. Uh, that has been composed by a, uh, a robot. We looked up from our verses like blindfolded captives, sent out to seek the light, but it never came. A needle and thread would be necessary for the completion of the picture, to view the poor creatures who were in misery, that of a hawk, eyes sewn shut. It seems like maybe this is a metaphor for robots. Yeah, it seems like 
looking to liberate themselves. Sorry, I I fell asleep uh, halfway through your poem, (laughs) Ada, but keep going. Uh, In another, Ada writes, there are some things that are so difficult, so incalculable. The words are not intelligible to the human ear. She can only speculate what they mean. Uh, and then it says here that the next line or the next few verses are in a uh, frequency range that is above the human threshold for hearing. So we can't actually make we, out what we, they sound like. We don't know what it says. Yes. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? Robots are I, writing poetry now. They're re- recreating, reproducing themselves in labs, as we I, learned last week. Yeah, it, it, it's bothering me, to be honest. Uh, I like my poetry to be more boring and to be uh, released from the mouths of uh, kind of dour uh, yeah. British men, mainly. I like, to, I like <laughs> to know that my poetry is being written. Being, my, the poetry I read has been written by someone very debased, very depressed, yes. and kind of just like clinging to the edge of life. Yeah. And that well, kind of proves its value. Yeah, um, I mean, you could maybe argue that this this humanoid AI is sort of feeling quite debased and on the periphery of human experience. Well, That's right. This but th- this is concerning here. It says that Ada can give us. So this is uh, the uh, Aiden Meller speaking. He says she can give us twenty thousand words in ten seconds. And if we need Damn. to get her to say something short and snappy, we would pick it out from what she's done. But it is not us writing. Oh, so, so they're. It, they're going through the dictionary and picking out words and composing them. Yeah, I. It, this is uh, uh It sounds. Uh, to be honest, it sounds like uh, the the AI Ada went down to the Boston Tea Harbor and had some of that <laughs> hyper caffeinated tea with this twenty thousand words in ten seconds. BS. Yeah, that's yeah. right. And Meller. Okay, this is funny. Meller, the creator of this. Yeah, I was AI just poet, about to read this. Meller described it as quote deeply unsettling how language <laughs> models are developing. He says we are going very rapidly to the point where they will be completely indistinguishable from human text. And for all of us who write, this is deeply concerning. He said. <laughs> Yeah. The creator of the AI poet said it's yeah. very unsettling that the AI poets are going to be writing. Why yeah. does this always happen? <laughs> Aiden Miller, the creator and namesake of the AI poetry writing robot, said that while he doesn't see Ada's poetry as in competition with human poets, maybe his own, he admits that it is, quote, fundamentally unsettling. Mm. So there's so many of these tech people that seem to be making the very things that scare them the most. And I would advise <laughs> just stop working on the robot. Put yeah, it away. Stop. You don't have to do this. No one Put else it, is going to pick this work up. Put it in the closet and forget about it. Yeah. yeah. I've said you're it the only one that even knows about it. And you're concerned. <laughs> you're telling us you're concerned. We didn't even know we had to be concerned. Yeah. You're the one writing it. the press release. This you're a, the problem. This is a new thing that I have to be worried about. And I've said this before. Shel Silverstein perfected poetry in the early 80s. And true, very true. we don't need these uh, very attractive robot women um, to to be regaling us with their yeah. 20,000 words every 10 seconds. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, I have a feeling Aiden uh, will probably want to rename his uh, uh, robot AI to something like Beth or something similar that mm-hmm. doesn't include his name in it. Yeah, to distance himself. And maybe okay. Aiden, maybe focus on teaching a robot how to love before you start teaching it how to write poetry. Hmm. I want to go over. That. 
I want to go over Ada's resume here because this performance is not an isolated event. The performance is part of the Ashmolean's exhibition, Dante, the Invention of Celebrity, which explores the influence of Dante over the centuries and includes several works of art created by Ada. This, these include Eyes Wide Shut, a response to her detainment in Egypt last month. Wait a minute. <laughs> what? It, Egyptian me? security forces had been concerned about security issues around the cameras in her eyes. And organizers oh, of the event said her, her artwork reflects on the power of sight and surveillance in the modern world, its propensity to elicit distrust, and the tension it can create. Wait a minute. <laughs> You're the one who's creating the tension. <laughs> You're the one who's doing the surveillance. Yeah, you just <laughs> put it away. Put cameras in her eyes. She's a poetry writing robot. Ada, who was built over two years by a team of programmers, roboticists, art experts, and psychologists, has previously had solo exhibitions at Oxford and the Design Museum in London, given a TEDx talk at Oxford, and had an artistic residency at the Porthmuir Studios in St. Eves. I've always been fascinated with self-portraits to question what exactly you're looking at, she, Ada, told The Guardian oh in May. Oh, my God. I do not have feelings like humans do. Oh However, God. I'm happy when people look at my work and they say, what is this? I enjoy being a person who makes people think. You're not a not person. I feelings, but I am happy when people look at my work and say, what the hell is this? Yeah. Kill it. Kill it. We need to kill it now. Yeah. It can't write poetry if it doesn't have human feelings. I'm sorry. That just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So you have to be you have to swoon, you know, you have to be maudlin or romantic. You have to like sit around and and, and go why, you know? You have to there has to be a bit of like a bohemian artistic spirit to you. Yeah, and some funny rhymes always helps mm-hmm. too. I, yeah, I find Linux. that to be uh, some Why don't of you retool poetry. Ada? Teach Ada how to fall in love, teach Ada how to write limericks. Put her on the limerick beat for maybe 30 years. Mm-hmm. And then So so Ada makes art that is basically the the, the organizers say is about the reaction to her as a, <laughs> as as a walking surveillance uh, system. Um, I just think it's a giant troll, and we 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 say shame on you to everyone yeah. involved in this project. Yeah. Yeah, deep shame uh, should be placed on all of these people. If you are into any sort of witchcraft or anything like that, please forward your energies over to uh, Ada over mm-hmm. in the UK. I know that uh, Madam Broccoli is probably looking into this as well, I hope. <laughs> uh, this is definitely concerning and something that I would like to keep my eye on. And I encourage all of our listeners to keep our eyes on keep their eyes on uh ada as well and and definitely look up ada um online you can see some pictures very very realistic i can understand why egyptian authorities are saying no 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 uh thank you very much john that was a very poetic report from the uh 14th century poet poetry desk over there um, so uh, that was a segment that we call What's in the News? Now, Dev, uh, we've got just a special update here. Very quick, quick hitter. Could you uh, just inform us as to some, uh, this is a yes. media, you're on the media beat. Uh, could you yes, give us I'm some on the- media? 
the media beat, I just wanted to cover very quickly uh, that uh, it's a media beat, and, and the title of this one is called Mad Thai TV. Mm. Mad, Mad Thai, Thai TV. TV. Mad Thai TV, okay. And Mad this Thai is a story TV, about okay. Line TV, Thailand, video streamer to close. Asian video streamer Line TV is to close its service in Thailand from the end of December. Uh, a quote from the company, time flies and things continue to change and Line TV does likewise. We would like to inform that Line TV Thailand service will be available until the end of this year on December 31st, 2021. Your support and contribution to Line TV all these years are truly appreciated and will always be remembered. Excellent. Thank you with all of our hearts. Line TV Thailand, the company said in a slightly enigmatic posting on Twitter on Monday, um, the story does continue. Uh, it goes on to explain Line TV, but the the, the main thrust of the story is that uh, Thailand Line TV video streaming will no longer be operational as of the end of this year, uh, and we think that's just Mad Thai TV. We that, Mad Thai TV. Yeah. Mad yeah, I mean, Thai TV. The, the Thailand TV industry is full of movers and shakers, a lot of moving parts. That's why the segment is called Mad Thai TV. Yeah, that's right. Lots of important media figures over there, uh, and that's. And, yeah. Why we report it? Because so many media figures who listen to this podcast are always looking to us to find more, out more about Mad Thai TV. That's right. That's so right. that that uh, special update. Thank you very much, Devin, uh, and yeah, for you. the for the salt and pepper on top from John. That segment was called Mad Thai Mad TV. Thai All right, and let's move quickly along. We've got a. Uh, Something over here, one of my favorite segments, it's called The Real Quick Yogurt Stop of the Week. <laughs> I love this segment. This is... So I love yogurt stops. You're doing some... You're in the middle of something. Life can get so busy, so hectic, but you need to just take You forget a, to eat. Yeah. Take a relaxing moment, eat it, some yogurt, then get back to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's one of the, the great things about yogurt is it's uh, easy to dole out. You know, you just get it quick, put it in your bowl or your cup, mm-hmm. whatever it may mm-hmm. be. You put maybe it in your you hand. Maybe you have some granola, maybe a little honey. Maybe not. Maybe you just have a little, just I call it yogurt. Yogurt. So depending on, you know, the time that you have and the job that you uh, do, it's important to just get a little uh, quick bite of yogurt before you get back to mm-hmm. work. Lots of protein, probiotics, everything's in there. So we mm-hmm. got a headline here uh, from Pakistan. A uh, Pakistani train driver who stopped for yogurt suspended. So, what? come on. <laughs> somebody in Pakistan disagrees. The, the train authority, it seems, disagrees with <laughs> even our uh, love of a quick yogurt uh, stop before you yeah. get back to work. So, an inner city train driver in Pakistan has been suspended after he made an unscheduled stop to pick up some yogurt. A video of the driver's assistant collecting the snack from a street stall before climbing back into the carriage has been circulating on social media. So it wasn't even the train driver. He just yeah. dispatched. He stayed at the helm. Yeah. And uh, he had an assistant. What else is the assistant for? Exactly. So this, this reminds <laughs> me of a story that we covered in Japan about a uh, train yes. driver, engineer, you can call them, uh, who had to go to the bathroom. And he took a bathroom break was suspended for going to the bathroom, I believe. And this was a case also where they had an assistant next to them yeah, and they were discussing the tra- this. Watching the rails. Yeah. So they're suspending people for stuff coming out. And now they're suspending people for stuff going in. Dev, yes. That's Similar consistencies as well. Yeah. It's like, right. a, it's like a tunnel because uh, you can go in a tunnel and you can come out a tunnel. So uh, 
The incident on Monday raised questions about the safety and regulation of railways in Pakistan where accidents are common due to the mismanagement and neglect. So I, I don't um, know of any mismanagement or neglect no. in this case. Well, though. and Ron is always keeping an eye on the Pakistani railway industry. He's always trying to read to me statistics about crashes yep. and, you know, how many tra- trains they're decommissioning. Mm-hmm. And I never listen. No, I mean, um, right. Yeah. So I don't really know what's happening over there. Well, but I do have to say that uh, it seems that there was nothing complete, like, nothing unsafe about somebody getting some yogurt and coming back to the train with it. Exactly. And and when I was regaling John about some of the statistics last week before this uh, story popped up, I said, you know, a lot there is a lot of mismanagement and neglect, but it has nothing to do with anyone stopping to get, mm, I don't know, give me an example, John, and then you just shouted out yogurt. So that's yeah. it's just weird kismet. It's, it is a little happens. weird kismet. Um, so, I do have to say, though, I mean, you know, if your train driver is hungry, similar to the Japanese story, or if your train driver has to go to the bathroom so bad that he's like dancing in place, or he's so hungry that he can't focus, yeah, doing maybe the it's safer dance. to have the yogurt? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that crazy mm-hmm. to suggest? Exactly. So... When you stop a train in the middle of the tracks, it becomes a safety issue. Safety is our priority. We cannot tolerate anything which compromises safety, says um, Syed Hassan Shah, a spokesman for the railway ministry. Um, he, he told that to AFP on Wednesday, in case you're wondering exactly when he said that. Uh <laughs> The passenger service had started its journey in the eastern city of Lahore and was moving south towards Karachi. In a statement, the country's minister of railways, Azam Khan Swati, warned that he will not allow anyone to use national assets for personal use. So they're making referring... Is he referring to the national stockpile of yogurt? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> like, he, he seems to be referring, like, he's making it seem as though the train jumped the tracks to- and busted through the front door of a yogurt store, yeah. grabbed some yogurt, got back onto the track somehow, and then started going. <laughs> and uh, they're, they're not stand. They, they, he will not, Azam Khan Swati will not stand or sit probably for that. <laughs> It's interesting that there's a yogurt stand right uh, trackside. I think that maybe (laughs) if they want to stop this behavior, they should get the yogurt stands away from the side of the train tracks. That's true. Use imminent domain to push the yogurt stands away so it's no longer a temptation for these hungry, hungry rail operators. Yeah, and we've all been there when we're driving a train and you see that there's hundreds of them just going by your head every every dizzy 10 you miles know, you, you're looking out and it's just like whoo, whoo, whoo. and then yogurt then stand you, yogurt stand yogurt stand yeah you say to your assistant you say hold up and then you uh slow that train down takes like 45 minutes to stop <laughs> and then um you. you hop out you go you make them go get some yogurt um mm-hmm. and the the story ends by on a on a somewhat dour note by saying that more than 60 people were killed in June when a train hurtling through farmland smashed into the carriages of another service that had derailed minutes earlier. Yeah. So which okay. trying to scare us here trying to say hey Absolutely. this yogurt incident could have led to serious problems but I would say that the the yogurt eating operator was getting calories mm-hmm. you know Getting, making sure that he's on point, he's focused, mm-hmm. he's stopping the train rather than the opposite, which is not stopping and crashing into another train. Exactly. So true. 
And I mean, maybe these kinds of things could be avoided if, say, the uh, railway administration had like a bu- line budget item for like Gogurt. Mm. Oh yeah. yeah, like on the go. Yeah, that's yeah. Smart a little. Mini I mean, this might be the most perfect scenario for a Gogurt. Yes, this is a business opportunity if I've ever seen one. There's a huge issue. It's not even an issue, it seems, but according it's to some, an issue, it's an issue <laughs> that uh, th- these train drivers are stopping for yogurt. Quick stop, though. Real quick stop. Real uh, quick stop. So, but th- this is the thing. So a railway official admitted that such incidents are not uncommon in Pakistan and that oversight is often lacking. Now, I don't think they're referring to the yogurt situation. They're referring to like derailments, like Devin just mm-hmm. said. So mm-hmm. that's a derailment. There's... I have to say zero chance that that derailment was caused by yogurt. It was because of a faulty rail or or wheel or whatever that is that's on the rail. Or a uh, train engineer who is losing it because yeah. he's been riding the rails. Yeah. No, he had a had blood sugar a derailment. Stop. Exactly. Yeah. So it seems as though... Uh, Azam Kanswati, who I would love to speak to, he's the uh, country's minister of railways, uh, is looking in all the wrong directions as to why there are issues on these Pakistani rails. And I know the Lahore to Karachi line is, you know, it's one of the busiest in the country. We need to, if anything, offer more yogurt to the train engineers and Mm -hmm. longer eating periods lean into the yogurt. problem yeah and you just, know just and to add insult to injury um sayed hassan shah released this statement with a mouthful of yogurt between bites yeah he was he had a giant stockpile of yogurt behind him when he was interviewed by the afp it's dripping yeah, off his bottom lip cake. there's clearly yogurt in his mustache from previous yogurt <laughs> Uh, consumption instances. He's got like, you know, his tongue is sort of coated with like the, the lactose. Yeah, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. his probiotics and macrobiotics are oh, absolutely. off the charts. He's got He's a, probably the most regular uh, minister of any of the industries in Pakistan. Yeah, one of the healthiest guts in the, uh, in the, in the system. And uh, let's not forget about the brain-gut connection when we're uh, reading this story. So that was a story out of Pakistan, the rails of Pakistan. And uh, I'm, I'm happy we could get that uh, information out there because that segment was called The Real Quick the real Yogurt, yogurt stop, of the week. stop of the Week. All right, gang. Before we head out, we should take a look at our numbers for a segment like a we call peak. last week's numbers real quick number stop yeah week. so um we we uh if you do recall i don't know a few episodes ago we got a, a a phone message from a friend our only argentinian listener uh who said that we don't need to worry about the numbers yeah yet here we are my anxiety we are ignoring is, that advice <laughs> my anxiety my my podcast anxiety is going through the roof out the chimney it's using the chimney it's not even focused on the roof but i'm looking at our numbers here and holy shit we're up 20 percent over the past 14 days hell yeah this is a bull market for the blue men group (laughs) podcast yes it is it is a bull market these are these numbers are great this is uh 
you know, we're pulling in average about a hundred first week listens. Uh, nice. To be honest, it could be that should be way more, but um, this we used is to a be like 140. <laughs> I know. I guess it's <laughs> a difficult. We've difficult thing to the media market is always shifting and changing i mean that was like why we had to discuss that mad thai tv yeah Um, that's right it doesn't help when when massive podcasts are taking your stories yeah and i mean all of the um all the listeners are like tuned into the mad thai tv uh segment of the media market and they're sort of like we're we're hemorrhaging listeners to mad thai tv yeah that's right so we needed to address that issue yeah. Um, but I think overall, the news is very good. We're going back up. The graphs yeah. are headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should check out which nationalities have been consumed yes. the yeah. most. I think, I know. The, I think chart, the shape of the chart is, chart is very pleasing to me. You know, I feel like a stockbroker in 1927. Absolutely. Yes. I know. It's only going to go up from here. Okay. Wow. We have some news here when we look Whoa, at the map. that's a big change. We have some news the podcast is becoming very popular in Slovakia. Uh, yeah. We mentioned this on some previous episodes. Slovakia has overtaken Canada as the number two listener of this podcast. So United Incredible. States is at the top. It's just going to happen. We speak English. This is an American podcast. We're going to have our American friends on our side. I know that. Yeah. But we did not expect... One of the most beautiful countries in all of Eastern Europe. That's right. Slovakia. My is, favorite in Eastern Europe. Yeah, my favorite. Devin, what, is it your? I think it's my favorite as well. Nice. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. Especially it's now. It's even a question. Right. Yeah. So we, we, we are on a trajectory to, be, to becoming the Slovakian Beatles. Uh, yeah. If these trends continue, we will be bigger than uh, the Slovakian Jesus. Jesus and yeah. Yes. Wow. Yeah, people, we can't thank you enough, Slovakia. Yeah, people yeah. have been saying that. There there have been people saying that we are the the, uh, the Beatles of Slovakia. And, and, and uh, I mean, it makes sense. We were so influenced by so much Slovakian culture. Like I know. The, the Slovakia's very own Charlie Chaplin, Joseph Kroner. Right, right, right. Absolutely. Huge yeah, influence. He's on one of your group. favorites, isn't huge. he? He's huge. I'm a huge fan of Joseph yeah. Kroner, all of the movies he was in, directed by Jan Kadar. Who else are you into? Um, you know, people like, like I just Every, said, Jan Kadar, maybe. Uh, right. The whole canon of um, Slovakian literature has really mm-hmm. been uh, a tremendous influence. Elmar I Close. I know there's so many names, you know, putting me on the spot is a little tricky. St. Elizabeth's Cathedral is one of the most beautiful churches in the entire world, I think. Always drawing oh, totally. inspiration well, from that cathedral. You know, one of the cool things about Slovakia is the people. And one of the reasons that I love the people, and it, listen, it doesn't matter if you're from Bratislava, you're from mm. Košice. Um, so true. If you're from Bresno, uh, if you're from uh, Ternava, um, Zelina. Okay, I'm just we naming. Can't pronounce no, these, going. We, we can't pronounce these yet, listeners, but we will be learning the language. We will become fluent, and we will mm-hmm. be moving to Slovakia if things continue to go yes. the way I in think they're trend, going to absolutely. go. We would, I mean, it will be in the interest of the Slovakian um, uh, like economic board to maybe like reach out to us and like partner up, maybe sponsor the show, and we'll absolutely be bringing our very successful business to Slovakian shores. Yeah. I, I'm it, happy to pay the Slovakian tax. Yeah, me too. And if anything, as we said, like our numbers are so good right now that 
And I believe Devin said that it's a bull market for a podcast like this, averaging a hundred listeners a week with a global audience. Wouldn't that like, I mostly I, I, concentrated in Slovakia. Yeah. Um, it, it seems as though we, we should take advantage of that situation. Mm-hmm. The fact that our podcast is hot right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would also like to just send a personal message to our listeners in Slovakia. Um, I just put something, a little, a little speech together. I'd like to uh, regale you with it. Ďakujeme slovenským poslucháčom. All right. Wow. That was Wrong my voice. You, you put on a perfect Slovakian accent for that. Thank you. That it was, was like so watching a, you know, speech. Like a parrot or something. We have some news, uh, just a couple of points to go over. Uh, number one is some group that we've never heard of called the Blue Man Group, um, which seems to have ripped us off, but they're claiming that we ripped them off. <laughs> yeah. And um, they're a weird, weird group. Very uh, odd. Really strange. In blue. Painted yeah. in blue. Um, Apparently they're not sad at all. They, no, I haven't. Like they're just the color blue. Listen, I've been trying to negotiate with them over Zoom. The <laughs> most awkward Zoom calls I've ever had in my life. There's they three refused, of them. Perhaps on advice of their lawyers, refused to say a word to us. Yeah, exactly. They plead that they didn't even plead the fifth. They just didn't say anything. It, when they heard the right to remain silent, when they read their Miranda, I read them the Miranda rights, <laughs> uh, and they took the you have a right to remain silent to heart and they are yeah. not speaking we are apparently not on speaking terms with the the blue man group but there yeah. are three of them also which they was, charged us like 150 dollars yeah that's to right. talk to to meet with them yeah they they're but very expensive of, it was very in weird of, because i was looking at them and they looked identical to us there's three of them and there's three of us mm-hmm. it was very weird yeah but in terms of negotiations, the they have broken down and we have not been able to come to an agreement, which is yeah. why our second piece of news, we are putting the show up for sale. <laughs> we are maintaining yes. the, the package, the whole experience mm-hmm. that you, listener, have come to know and love, but we are selling it just like a Staples Center was recently renamed Crypto.com Arena. We will be soliciting the highest offer for a new branding package for this wonderful experience right. that you will get the be blue man team mm-hmm. blue men team but you will be able to change you know the name maybe name it your, after yourself Aiden Meller I'm looking mm-hmm. at you mm-hmm. Aiden Meller yeah there's uh, inflation is skyrocketing we've got supply chain issues the economy folks is changing overnight and we are no exception. We're looking to take advantage of this new economic environment, and we will be putting it up for sale. And in the new year, we will be appearing with uh, some new branding. Yeah. So that that that's uh, that is true. So we we have put the podcast on the auction block. As we said, our numbers are so high; they're not inflated at all, and uh, <laughs> we will be. They're they're not though. <laughs> um, we just we just believe that this package that we have with what 58 episodes or so yeah 11 of which may not be the best yeah this is uh, maybe this, not but this is gold. pretty good we're holding yeah. on to gold yeah yeah um, and so we're, we're on multiple markets 
you have to be you know, we're, a sav- we're also you know we're going to the black market the thai tv market we're just trying to see who will take the bait mm-hmm. i mean who will buy the you know superstar package mm-hmm. and you're coming with us listener when we say that we're we're selling the the podcast we're we're you're coming with us you're in this deal too you know and mm-hmm. and we as the sort of brain trust of the blue man group podcast we need to we need to make the right decision about investments when is the right time to buy when is the right time to sell and uh so we hope you'll trust us as we go on this wonderful financial journey yeah Yeah. and you are legally obligated i mean what devin said is not in any way an exaggeration by clicking play you agreed to the terms of our contract which Mm -hmm. you are now being sold as a listener and perpetuity to whatever media company scoops us up yeah i would amend that john uh uh just to say that, listener, we are not selling you. Uh, we are selling ourselves. And yeah. we are more than happy to sell ourselves for the right price as a podcast. And with that said, we hope that you will have a nice holiday time, the end of December. And uh, we will fill you in with a few quick hit updates over the, uh, over the break. But uh, we look forward to being back in your ears in the new year 2022 that's right so once again i would like to say to our mass amount of Slo- uh, slovakian listeners posluchačom. and uh dev john you have a great holiday time and talk to you in 2022 Thanks, Ron. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.